Welcome to the eLaborate Topics Podcast, where we focus on lab-specific strategies for medical laboratory professionals. We're proud to be the healthcare detectives that work behind the scenes to get the results needed to influence medical decisions. Let's grow together and jump right into the lab. Welcome to another episode of eLaborate Topics. We are your hosts, Tywana Wilson, Lona Small, and Stephanie Whitehead. Elaborate Topics is a weekly podcast that gives you practical and technical information that you can use inside and outside of the laboratory. It's a weekly show with new episodes airing every Tuesday. Please make sure you check out previous episodes at directimpactbroadcasting.com or your favorite podcast platform. And before we get into today's episode, if you could do us a favor and share this podcast out with one of your colleagues, a teammate, a fellow laboratorian who could use this information or even a student who's thinking about going into the medical laboratory profession. If you could do us that favor, would be awesome. What we know is that people are listening to the show, and we're very excited about that, and they are able to apply these practical tips. So without further ado, today's show, today we are going to talk about how to lead when your boss don't. So let's face it, many of us that's in supervisory roles I know for me, have had to learn on the job. I had on-the-job training. I did go to school, and I was able to get a master's degree, but that was nothing in comparison to actually getting on the job and had to figure it out. And, And some of it, I was figuring it out on the fly. I know for me, I had to learn to transfer from that technical lens of being in the trenches, of doing the work, to actually having the people lens and being a conductor, which is very different uh, than being an awesome tech. So I'm sure in the early years when I was in management, I'm sure at, at some point I wasn't leading. I was busy surviving and working. And this can have a serious impact on your team when we think about you know, what happens when your boss doesn't lead. And it can come off as, you know, you having a bad boss. So I'm sure in the early years, you know, somebody might have said, this girl is, she doesn't know what she's doing or she's a bad boss or she's not leading us. And and that happens. That happens to a lot of new supervisors. You get into a role because you you were an awesome tech, and now you're thrusted into leading a team. And and these teams, let's face it, some of our teams are large. So you might have a team of 20 techs, 40 techs, or even more, and now you're trying to figure out how do I lead them? How do I be a good boss? John Maxwell says everything rises and falls on leadership, and I do really, really believe that to be true. In one of our previous podcasts, I talked about your leadership lid and your team not being able to outperform your your own personal leadership lid, especially if you are their manager, you are their team leader, you are their supervisor. So if your leadership lid is a seven, your team's ability cannot outperform you. It means their ceiling is going to be a six. 
And if you've listened to some of the previous podcasts, you've maybe heard me talk about the McDonald's brothers and Ray Kroc and that the McDonald's brothers were awesome and that they were able to grow their restaurant business to a, a point of having maybe two or three stores. But it wasn't until Ray Kroc came in and bought their system that we have the McDonald's restaurant that we know and love today, the one that you see on every corner in neighborhoods all around. But it, it makes me think, well, what happened? What happens when somebody doesn't leave? You know, what happens to our environments? And as we know, when we have a leader that doesn't lead, it, it, it creates some chaos in the environment. The team starts to drift. And what you'll have is these following things that I'll talk about are really kind of inevitable, inevitable about what will happen in the workplace. And so you'll have where decisions start to be delayed. You know, that means that nobody wants to to make a decision, and then what will happen is that things need to come up, decisions need to be made, and it won't happen. And as a a good boss, as a good leader, you are often having to be a good decision maker, or you have to be able to have somebody on your team that's able to help make those decisions very quickly. Agendas are often multiplied when you have a boss that don't lead. As we all know, when you got a group of laboratories, we are very opinionated people. And when you have a group of laboratories and you don't have a clear leader, everybody starts to kind of run amok and do what they want to do. They run off of their own agenda, doing their own thing. You know, teams need leadership. They need that unifying voice. They need somebody to be a gatekeeper. They need somebody to to move the team in one direction, one team, one vision, one voice. So when a boss doesn't lead, agendas are multiplied. You also find where the morale becomes low. Have you ever worked on a team where the boss didn't lead or refused to lead. Sometimes they didn't even know how to lead. And the environment, the morale started to hit an all-time low. And as we talked about in one of our other podcasts where we talked about staff retention, you know, when the morale is low, what happens? People start to leave. Napoleon Hill says that leaders are dealers in hope. So when the leaders are not present or not leading, people often lose hope and the morale start to plummet. And that can have a serious impact on our team. Conflicts are extended. Think about that. You know, sometimes as technical people, we want to avoid conflict. I know by nature conflict can be uncomfortable and it's not our first go-to, but as a boss, one of your most important roles is conflict resolution. And in the absence of you doing that, then what happens? Conflicts tend to last longer, and it inflicts more damage in your team than what you really needed. And now that conflict started to go on. So think about it. If you had a team member that was constantly coming back from lunch late, taking long lunches, And that means that the rest of the people that's in their department can't go to lunch on time because that person is always taking their lunch late. I actually had this scenario 
in my first supervisory role where I had a couple of offenders that they would go to lunch. They got 30 minutes for lunch, and they would be gone for I don't know where they were going. It was almost like they had to go and, like, go catch their lunch, meaning that they had to go to a farm or something because they would be gone so long that the rest of the staff was like, wow, I can't even go to lunch. I'm in here busting my butt, and they are nowhere to be found. And as a supervisor, if you don't address that right away, it starts to build up resentment within the team. And they're like, well, as a supervisor, you are not addressing these issues. You are letting them run amok. So that means that you don't even care about me. You don't care about us. And we're working very hard for our patients, and we can't even go to lunch because my team member is nowhere to be found. And so – you know, sometimes as a boss, not sometimes, a lot of times as a boss, you'll have those conflicts that you need to address. And if you don't, it can start to grow a cancer within your team and within the department. And another thing when a boss doesn't lead is that the production is reduced. You know, when you have a good boss or a strong leader, they're pretty creative in finding ways to help others be more productive. You know, have you had that boss that you work for and they just know how to put the bench assignments together so that everybody's working to their strengths and you can tell when they or somebody else has done the bench assignments for them and just kind of put people places and it's like, yeah, I don't want to work in chemistry today. It's going to be a rough day. Or in hematology, such and such is slow on differentials. It's probably going to be a long day. But good bosses are able to identify some of these needs and put people to where their strengths are. They're able to figure out what's needed and put a solution into place and put action into place. And so when you don't have a boss that won't lead, don't lead, can't lead, then you start to have these things come up, delayed decisions, everybody on their own agenda, you start to have conflicts in the workplace, the morale becomes low, and people start to work slower. And as we all know with our turnaround times, we can't afford for people to work slower because our colleagues are dependent on us. What do you all think about that, ladies? You struck a whole lot of uh, memories in me. (laughs) I I think you are right on the ball. Um, And, you know, sometimes the devil you know is better than the devil that you don't know. And, you know, there will always be people in your organization that – because a lot of, you know, um, understanding if your boss is leading well or leading you know, not so well, is based on your perception, your perception of what they should be doing in a day, your perception of what the totality of their job assignment is, um, and your your perception of what their job really entails. You know, everybody is working less hard than me. I'm the the hardest working person in this department, (laughs) you know, and that's how most people think. but there there will always be a person that you perceive as not working as hard as you. Um, and so a lot of the things that we will talk about for our listeners today are tools that will help you uh, manage through that because you can truly have a person who is not leading or a person that you perceive is not leading, and then you decide to, I'm tired of this, I'm going to another laboratory. Okay, well, I mean, that you know, it, they may be called Bob right now in your laboratory. They're going to be called Jim. 
him in the next laboratory or Phil in the next laboratory. You know, like I said, the the, the devil you know is sometimes better than the devil you don't know. Um, but there are always going to be levels of varying personalities. Labs are run by people, and people have flaws. And so there will always be a person in each laboratory that is not as strong as somebody else in the laboratory. And, and a lot of that um, will give you tools in this podcast to help you lead through those things without having to force somebody else to change. Lona, what do you think? Stephanie, I totally agree with you, especially at the level of how are you leading because we'll never get to that ultimate level. And there will be people who may know a little bit more than you in some areas. Um, People that you're leading may be looking on and saying you should have done it better this way or done it better that way. But then there are areas in which you're doing well but a lot of times people could focus on the things that you're not doing well. And perception is important, especially if you're leading a team. If they're perceiving you as a poor leader, that's so um, vital for you to know and know the areas in which you're not leading well. And so, yes, um, there's going to be a lot of areas in which we don't lead well because there's always um, opportunities for growth. And um, so I think when you think of your boss who is not leading well, there's always, you're always somewhere in between where there is a boss. You may be a boss and you're looking to another boss that you may think that's not leading well and your team may think that you're not leading well. So then how do we all come together to see how we can make this better? And when we were designing this, I was asked to talk a bit on influence. And I'm thinking of influence for both ways. Um, If my boss is not leading well and I think my boss is not leading well, how can I make a difference? And if I'm a leader, how can I make a difference in terms of um, being that influence? Because when you think of leadership, a leader is someone that can make that difference, that person who is a role model, who is setting that example for others to follow. What influence would they have on people who they want to lead? And so it's... I am thinking of trying to influence my boss, and there are certain things that is important to do. And I think, first of all, I need to be that um, example. So I have to start with leading myself. And a lot of times in, in order to lead yourself, there are just things that you have to do. A lot of it is just preparing yourself. Because um, taking care of yourself, putting yourself in a state that you can make that difference when it comes to others. So I think it starts first by actually taking care of yourself and knowing exactly what is it that you, what outcomes that you want to have. So what intentions do you have? You have to have clear intentions because you may find yourself in a situation with a boss that you think is not leading, and because you didn't set those intentions, you may either say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing based on, you know, your perception of them. So it's so important to 
set these intentions, like what is it that I'd want to come out of this? How would I want to make this better? And so it's important to understand, that just like we said, that there's nobody that's perfect. And so just understanding that and even understanding that about yourself as a leader, it's, you know, first accepting that there's nobody's perfect. So you show some kind of compassion. You show some kind of caring when you're approaching either your boss that um, you think is not leading effectively, like Taiwana said. Sometimes you're a new boss and you have to learn on the, you know, you know, pull your sleeve up and learn as you go. And sometimes you just did not get the tools. And um, so we need to kind of first come up with, you know, some kind of caring understanding and then look for the strengths that we see. Um, so if you want to be that person that's the in, um, setting that influence, it's so important to show that caring, so important to see in others, even though they are weaknesses. And then it's so important to build relationships. So you can build relationship with your boss and you can build relationship with your team. And so when you build those relationships, that's opportunity for you to know how you're doing. So the next thing is to communicate and communicate effectively to have that influence so you're actually being that role model where you're building relationships so you can have influence, so people feel comfortable coming to you. So once you build relationships, you have clear communication, then people feel comfortable coming to you. If it's your boss, your boss will feel comfortable coming to you because I try to tell myself on a regular basis, build up or shut up. So there are times when you see things that you probably would want to talk about that's not positive. But it's like if you intentionally like tell yourself, if it's not an opportunity to build up, shut up. So with that, you're building some influence and you're building connections. So your boss will come to you and ask you, what do you think? So, you know, that's opportunity sometimes to help. But you have to be in an influential role where you're a role model, where people feel comfortable coming to you to either ask questions or tell you, you build those kind of relationships, and you should be in a place where you're comfortable asking for help. So that's how you build, you set yourself up as an influence in scenarios like those where you can be that conduit in those situations to help in those limited um, situation where people feel limited as a boss and you may think that they're not leading and there are times when they're really not leading, but there are opportunities for you to either help them because you're in an influential position, whether you're, you're um, look, whether it's your boss that's not leading or your team that think you're not leading, put yourself in a position of influence where people are comfortable coming to you for support. So that's just a few points. What do you guys think? I totally agree. And when we talk about um, 
you know, understanding when you perceive that your boss is not leading well. Um, and like Wanda said, developing ways to influence, to create influence for yourself, build influence amongst your team. Um, there are also things you can do uh, within yourself to find ways to work with that boss. You know, even though you may not feel like they are the most competent boss in the world, they are still your boss. I'm going to say that again. Even though they, you may not uh, think that they are competent to do their job, they still hold that position. Um, they still may have influence on your annual performance evaluation. They still might have influence if you are coming up for a promotion or not. They still might have influence if you need to change your shift or if you uh, uh, need something at work. And so, you know, uh, one thing to to do in these types of situations is to realize that even though you may perceive that they are not managing well, um, understand that you may not know the totality of the stresses they face, their position that they're in, and that they are still in that position and you are not. And so um, one of the best things for you to do is to manage yourself. When your boss is not managing you, your boss is not leading you, like Lona said, lead yourself. So if you're not in the position to make decisions, you can always place yourself in the in the position to manage decisions. You're not the decision maker, but you can be the decision manager. Um, there's a great book that's called Today Matters. Um, and a summary of the book, I'll just give you a quick synopsis. It, the, the whole book talks about the things successful people do. And one of the things it says is successful people make the right decisions every day and then manage those decisions. And so even if you think about um, New Year's resolutions, you know, everybody has a New Year's resolution. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start working out. And when you get to the gym on January 2nd, right after New Year's, the gym is packed. You can't find a parking spot. You can't find a locker to put your stuff in. You know, everybody's waiting on all of the weights and the machines all of the classes, if you're taking a spin class or an aerobics class, all the classes are packed. But if you go back three weeks later, you can get the nicest park, you know, all the machines are free, and that's because everybody made a decision to go to the gym on July 1st but didn't manage that decision, you know, into the third and fourth week of July. And so you be the person to continuously make a great decision and manage those decisions throughout the day. Um, Nothing impresses a boss or a leader more than an employee's ability to self-manage. Um, because if, as a leader, and I can speak for myself in this, if, as a leader, if I perceive that you are a person I have to expend a lot of time and energy on, then you start to be perceived as a drain. A person who can manage themselves starts to be perceived as an asset or a value um, to the organization. And so um, all you can do in these situations is manage yourself. It, all you can control in these situations is you. You can't troll an, control another person. You certainly can't control another person who has a higher position than you. And so I would say um, that, like I said, this podcast is all about giving you tools and tips to help you excel in your in your career and in your laboratory profession or, or in the career that you are in. So the first tip I have for you is to manage yourself. Focus on you. Um, and a couple of things for you to manage. One, manage your emotions. 
learn to when to display your emotion and when to delay your emotion. I tell people all the time, this is work. The reason we don't call this home is because this is work. This is not where you sleep. This is not where you, you know, are here to. Um, we we want you to have friends. We want you to make connections at work. But you know, the the main objective is to drive the organization's mission and vision home. And so, uh, if if you don't have a ton of friends and you really are just here working with acquaintances um, to get the job done, that's also fine. Um, but learn when your emotions need to be displayed. There's there's a time for emotions, and usually it's not at work, but there are time for you to have uh, an emotional response, and there's a time for you to delay that emotional response and maybe to um, display those in an environment more appropriate, maybe around your family members or your friends that can help you um, understand them and help you manage them. Manage your time, particularly um, this is hard if you're in middle management because a lot of times if you're in middle management, you've got your directors or your administrators who are delegating things to you, and then you've got your employees, um, the people, the techs, the phlebotomists is working for you who are giving you things to review and to sign. And so the expectation a lot of times for middle managers is that they work longer hours and that they usually um, stay at work until the work gets done, whereas for an hourly employee, they have overtime and the expectation is that usually they come in and work their shift and they leave. So it can be harder if you're in middle management to manage your time. But understand that until you value your time, um, Nobody else will value your time, um, and until you value your time, you won't be able to do anything really good with it. So really assess your time. What are the time periods that you may be spending having nonproductive conversations, um, you know, doing things that aren't contributing to you, to you meeting the deadlines or the time frames that you need to meet, and then manage those times appropriately. Manage your own priorities. So we just talked about managing your time, but now that you have your time managed, focus that time. If you're working on the bench, I'm focusing my time, I'm focusing and my priorities on the tasks that I have at hand. Um, In my personal life, um, I'm focusing my time on uh, the things that are going to make me better. So, you know, work on the things that you are strongest at. Work on mastering the things that you are learning. Um, work on understanding where you need to make your own personal or professional necessary improvements. And, again, we're not focusing on our boss because we can't control the boss. We're going to learn to manage ourselves and uh, focus on what we can do to make ourselves better. Because even if you get, you know, another job, you want to be the best you and bring the best you you can to that new position. Um, Manage your energy. So think about the areas in the day where you have activity but no direction. So that means you're doing things that don't really matter. Or conflict without resolution. That means you're dealing with things that you can't control, that you don't have any stake in. You are just wasting time, you know, um, being group mad, like, oh, my God, the morning run was so horrible, but you came in at 8. You know, you weren't even here for the morning run. Why are you mad? Or did you hear how that physician talked to them? Well, the physician didn't talk to you like that. Why are you mad? You know, manage your emotions. Manage, you know, uh, your energy and the energy you're putting into things. Manage your thinking. So making a habit a habit to jot things down, um, making a habit to mentally process, process things thoroughly, um, uh, plan your day or plan Um, you know, your life, plan your career, plan your next moves, Uh, manage your words. Um, So if you're 
you're managing your thinking and you're managing your time, you're managing your focus, you're most likely going to um, have improvement in how you manage your words and how you come across um, in your professional life, and then also manage your personal life. So if you have all of these things aligned and you're, you know, you're bringing your best self to the bench every single day um, and you're doing all the things you can professionally but your personal life is in shambles, you know, do you really gain anything? So, you know, manage your personal life so you can have a well-balanced and well-rounded uh, uh, circle and environment for yourself. Um, the next thing you can do if you feel like your leader is not leading you is try to lighten your leader's load. You don't know the totality of what your boss is doing. Um, and I only say that because uh, in my role as a leader, so many times, you know, you may hear people say flippantly, like, oh, the boss doesn't do anything. They sit in their office all day. Well, and the, my response is always, I encourage you to come sit in this office with me because, you know, the seat is not so cool. Sometimes the seat does get hot. Um, and so, you know, I encourage you to do what you can do to lighten your leader's load. And the best thing you can do to lighten your leader's load is to do your job exponentially well, not be worrying about what your boss's job is and how they're not really doing their job, but to do your own job exponentially well. Um, do the things that others aren't willing to do, maybe take on some of those tough assignments. You know, there's a saying that, that says there's no traffic jams in the extra mile. You know, so there's not many people willing to go that extra mile. And so when you do decide to go that extra mile, you usually tend to stand out. Um, and actually, it's when you go that extra mile and when you're taking those tough assignments that you learn more and you become better as a laboratory professional, as a technologist. You learn resiliency and tenacity from taking on tough assignments. When we're bringing on, you know, new automation, when we're bringing on, you know, a completely new LIS or interface, the people who take on a tough assignments of staying long hours and helping with that build or helping with that validation or helping understand how we're analyzing those new normal ranges, those are the people who, um, you know, even though these might be tough assignments, they're the ones who are getting that learning experience. So to be the first to step up and help do more than expected and perform tasks that are not necessarily your job. You know, be willing to step outside of yourself and learn more. Like I said before, if nothing else, this helps give you experience for when you leave that bad boss. Um, you're taking advantage of every single day that you are in your laboratory doing what you can do um, when you have a problem, try to find a solution. Don't find fault. You know, um, if you were like me and you enjoyed watching Charlie Brown or the the pe or reading the Peanut comments back in the day, you remember Lucy and Charlie. Um, and there's a comic where Lucy walks up to Charlie, and she says, "You know what your problem is," um, and she proceeds to tell him, you know why he's so terrible, you know, and she goes, you're just terrible at being terrible, Chuck. And so everybody remembers Lucy from um, Charlie Brown's com comments. But think about in your life, are you the Lucy in your laboratory? Are you walking around finding problems to just give to your leaders and then going back out into the lab to find more problems to just give to your leaders? Um, and then, you know, wondering why they're not getting all these problems fixed quickly as you as you would like them to because you're going out and just finding more problems. But when you find a problem, also bring them the solution. Um, 
This one is a difficult one, but as a leader, I will tell you that I value the people in my laboratory who can do it, but um, be willing to tell your leader what they need to hear and not what they want to hear. Um, so there are a lot of times as a leader, like I have my own timeline in my mind, you know, um, I, I feel like we need to get this done within two weeks. And the techs on the bench will say, you know, reasonably, Stephanie, uh, with everything else we got going on and with the staffing that we have or with the new employees that we have onboarding, this is actually going to take about four weeks. I would rather somebody tell me that rather than just saying, okay, yeah, it'll take two weeks, and then two weeks comes, then it doesn't happen. You know, so be willing to, to be bold enough and brave enough to tell your leaders what they need to hear rather than what they want to hear. Um, and then where you can, you know, manage up, you know, just, you know, support the vision, even though it may not be your particular vision, um, where you can support the vision and manage up because that just helps like the overall morale of the team. Um, people can succeed, even when dealing with difficult people when they have a positive mindset of moving past, thinking about, others thinking about their managers, thinking about their directors, and decide to self-manage themselves and lead themselves and understand, like Lona said, your own personal power and your own personal influence. Um, you may not have a good person around you that can manage, but you can easily take on the, the informal role of being a leader in your department. You know, be the change you want to see. There's so many times we say that and we're talking about culture or society, but we could, that also goes for your laboratory be a change agent you know uh, deliver and produce under high pressure or stress be that person who creates momentum rather than uses the momentum or takes momentum you know be the person who helps move things along helps make process progress in your laboratory and create a positive environment um, that other people want to be around other people might just want to work your shift um, also you know be one don't be naive you know learn how to read the environment that you're in sometimes um, people's emotions do display at work and so if you can tell that it, it, it's necessarily not a good day maybe things are going wrong maybe people um, that you report to are looking particularly stressed, you know, know your audience. That's probably not the best day to bring forward all your good ideas. You know, don't let your ideas be rained on because you decide to introduce them at the wrong time. Um, but, you know, take every encounter that you have, and this is the best advice I would have for anybody in this situation, take every encounter that you have as a learning experience. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about how to do things great. I learned a lot about how to not uh, do things or things that I don't want to do. But some of the things that, that you mentioned when you talked about influence and, you know, making that greater impact, for those of you who haven't listened, we actually had a podcast around this with uh, Kiana Cressman that talked about influence and impact. So I would I highly recommend that you go back and check that out. But here's a, a couple of things that, as Stephanie was talking, it made me think about uh, influence and really leading where you are, leading your current at your current level, especially if you want to move into leadership later. So what you do now is a good indicator of what will happen later, and every day is an opportunity for you to take on something for you to start the lead and greater responsibility 
really only comes after you started with some responsibility, a small responsibility. And it makes me think about uh, we have a new tech, a new grad, and we do daily huddles that are usually ran by uh, a chemistry or, or a section leader, uh, one of our uh, coordinators, and they weren't available. And what the, what he did, and I thought this was, was awesome, is he went to his manager and he said, well, the coordinator isn't available for the huddle, for the huddle and I know you're busy doing stuff with CAP. Do you want me to lead the huddle? And all the huddle was was checking in with the hematology and chemistry department, seeing if anything, bringing the group together, taking notes if there was any issues. And he did an awesome job. So he started with that small level of responsibility, and he didn't have a position. Like I said, he's a new grad. He just got finished training uh, to be a tech. And he took on that. So sometimes I know people feel like they need to be in a position of power or have a title to go ahead and start making some of those moves. And that's not always the case. But a few things, a few other things that uh, that Stephanie uh, alluded to, you know, about pressure your boss is under and thinking about that. I was thinking about a podcast I recently listened to in leadership podcast, and they say your boss should really be your first customer, and looking at ways that you can make that experience better. So the reality is you're not peers. You know, the, your boss is a level above you in regards to, I mean, that, that's why they're your supervisor or boss. And thinking about ways you can really understand your boss, thinking about their pressure, thinking about their goals and objectives, and thinking about ways that you can help advance that at whatever level that you're on, being able to understand their preferred working styles. You know, how do they like to get information? Is it via memo or meetings or phone calls, or do they want that that huddle, that face-to-face interaction? You know, knowing what environment your boss thrives in. And I know you're like, well, why do I have to make sure that my boss have what they need? If you make sure... And I, and I guarantee you this, especially if you have a boss that really does want to do and be a good boss, but maybe they just haven't had the tools yet. But if you make sure the boss is positioned to thrive, they will make sure that you are positioned to thrive. I've had it happen many times where, you know, a, we had numerous competing projects, and I've had team members that were willing to take on an extra project or I'll start this or I'll do that, and they were taking that pressure, you know, off of me. And in turn, when it came to extra merit increase, star, star employees, you know, if you have like a boost or reward system, how can you reward them, all of those things, came into play and why I thought about uh, those people. So those are some things that came to mind for me of having that boss because I know for me, I want to make sure that my boss looks great, does great, and is primed for success. And if I do that, I feel like I can uh, come to her with my ideals, things that I want to do 
uh, and things that I need, and she would be more apt to, to listen because there's that relationship there. That's their mutual trust that's there. Ola, what do you think? Yeah, so I like that, especially what you said, building those relationships, because when you build those relationships, you're in a better position to support your boss. And you also went back to talk about influence, and I love the example that you gave with that new employee. A lot of times it's more about being that influence, being that role model, doing the things that you're really great at and having great relationships. So if you're doing the things that you're good at, like Stephanie say, leading yourself the, and having great relationship with your boss, it's easy for your boss to come to you to say, I know you're great at doing this. For, for your boss, they're looking for others to complement their weaknesses. And if you are setting that example as a role model, you're having that influence, and you're doing things that you're great at, they can identify those things and say, go ahead, get this done for me. And you're complementing the weaknesses that are there in your boss without having to point that out. You know, so it's so important to make sure you're complementing your boss, you're complementing them verbally in terms of communication, and you're also complimenting them based on the things that you do to complement their um, the gaps or you know the weaknesses that they have, and they don't feel as if they're left because you've built that relationship where they're comfortable coming to you to ask for help. So I think you know we all need to support each other, and like Stephanie said, a lot of times you don't know the pressure that the boss is going through. You're not in their shoe. You're not sitting on the seat. So it may seem so easy for you. And if it's something that you're great at, go ahead and do it and support your boss. I think this was a great conversation. Uh, we're getting ready to wrap up. Is there anything, any, um, any final words that anybody want to say? Well, I think um, what both of you guys said is, is really pivotal. And just final thoughts for the listeners that a lot of this is about you developing your own personal skills and understanding um, where you stand in the organization. Like Tawana said, even though you may perceive your boss not um, managing well, they are still your boss. They are not your uh, peer. And... Um, you know, they may look make their job look easy or their job may look very easy, but if you think about it, that's the way it's supposed to be. Your boss shouldn't be displaying to you how stressful their job is or, or running around with their hair on fire or running around very frantic because then would you have very much confidence in your boss if they looked stressed and, you know, unable to handle the, the, the um, pressures that they had every day? You know, it's, it's their job to be calm, cool, and collected and to manage through difficult situations. So even though you may perceive that as, oh, their job, is so easy they're not doing anything that just means that they're doing a good job of of shielding you from some of the pressures that they may be um, undergoing so a lot of this like we said is about you just having great personal skills not falling into office politics um, not 
you know, gossiping, not spreading rumors, remaining professional at all times, checking your motives and understanding your emotions, what's prompting you to think certain things, what's prompting you to handle um, certain things a certain way, and then to regulate your yourself, regulate the way you act, and regulate the way you handle every situation. And the only thing Thank that I you. wanted to... It, and the only thing I wanted to say before Lona closes this out is I was thinking about this and us talking about leadership and influence and self-leadership. I actually have uh, two audio books that I want to gift the listeners with, and I will leave the uh, information in the show notes, but one of them, because I'm big on audio books and I think we all should be continuing to learn and invest in ourselves but as you all know me, you know that I love practical. Just give me the tips. What is it that I need to know quick and fast? And so these audio books are very targeted, maybe like 30 minutes. One of them is on leadership and influence, and then the other is on self-leadership. So those are two freebies for the listeners. I'll leave the information in the show notes for you to be able to get those, but I was just thinking about this topic and thinking about how that resource could be a benefit to the listeners. Great, Taiwana. Thank you so much. That is awesome. Um, and two at the same time. I'm going to take advantage of that. Thank you. So thank you, listeners, for listening to another episode of Elaborate Topics. And if you want, you can email us at elaboratetopics at directimpactbroadcasting.com to talk about um, any episode, any topics that you'd want us to talk about. Or if you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us an email. You can visit us at directimpactbroadcasting.com to send your comments to fill in a form if you want to speak on the show. And you can listen to this and all other episodes on directimpactbroadcasting.com or any of your favorite um, podcast platforms. So until we talk again, have a great one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Elaborate Topics where your hosts discussed relevant strategies for laboratory professionals. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and listen to us on directimpactbroadcasting.com. Stay tuned for another episode with information you can use to excel in your laboratory career.